0: Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's Federal Law Enforcement Agency.
1: I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to True Crime Archives. So this week, we actually have a case that comes from where you grew up, and close to it at least.
0: Well, right, in my home state of Massachusetts, out out west. You know, I grew up just west of Boston, but this is Princeton, Massachusetts.
1: Right, and this was actually a case recommended to us by my uncle, yes. your brother-in-law, Uncle yes. Kevin. <laughs> so he was interested in hearing us talk about this, so I'm excited to get to it. Vanessa Marcotte was a 27-year-old woman from Lemonster, Massachusetts. She was born June 17, 1989, to Rosanna and John Marcotte and grew up as an only child. In 2011, Vanessa graduated from Boston University with honors in communications, and from there she went on to work for WordStream and Vistaprint in Boston. But she did eventually end up working as an account manager at Google in New York City. On August 7th, 2016, Vanessa was visiting her family in Princeton on Brooks Station Road when she went out for an afternoon jog at around 1.15 p.m. She was actually planning on heading back to New York later in the day after her run, and this was a normal thing for her as she loved to like run and exercise and just mm-hmm. be outside. And she usually yes. would run before she'd go back home. After a few hours, though, she did not return, and her family began to get worried, so they called the police and her body would eventually be found partially undressed and battered just half a mile away from her mom's house in a heavily wooded area around 8.20 p.m. So right. Like
0: seven so hours later. 8.20. Right. So and you said 1.15. She left. Mm-hmm. And then 8.20 is when they found the body.
1: Right. So about seven hours later. When police arrived to investigate the scene, they immediately could tell that this was a homicide from the condition of her body. Um, as I mentioned, she was naked and had burns on her face, feet, and hands, badly battered. It looked like she had been beaten almost. It would be revealed later that she had a broken nose and crushing injuries to her throat, so almost as if she had been thrown out. Right. We'll,
0: well, yeah, we'll we'll start unpacking it, uh, unpacking it then. So the au- that's what the autopsy revealed. Right.
1: The autopsy revealed that she had the crushing injuries to her throat and had a broken nose. Yes. So, um, I guess they could—they didn't know that right away, but they could just tell that.
0: No, but but right away, as you mentioned mentioned, so sh- there was some clothing that was missing, and obviously she was battered up, and her wh- what did you say? Her hands and her feet. Her
1: hands, face, and feet face were all burned. Feet burned. Yeah. Some other things: her clothes, cell phone, and earbuds were missing.
0: So so right off the bat, this is—you uh, know—the police know they have a. Yeah, a, they a, could tell a, immediately a, a, a crime. <laughs> You know, this isn't some accent or anything. Burning of the hands, mm. the feet, and the face only, and then missing some clothes. No, no cell phone. Y- yeah, this is this is suspect. So right. they know they got something on their hands.
1: Uh, they also find foreign DNA. So they're obviously they're there. They're processing the scene. They're collecting evidence, collecting DNA. Uh, they find DNA under her fingernails. They find socks and a hair tie that is actually found on her that is tested positive for gasoline, and then a partially burnt sneaker found near her body. Right. So that's kind of so, all the evidence there. So
0: they did good, good, good crime scene. This is uh, 2016, so obviously we're well into the future in advancements in collecting evidence for something that may be needed down the road, for, for some sort of science... Examination, so
1: right. Not like all the other cases we've done up until now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is the
1: most recent one. (laughs) It was so frustrated,
0: and and you'd ask me a question, and I would tell you, "Well, in 1957, (laughs) well, in 1967, well, in 1987, they started collecting evidence uh, for DNA. They got DNA from under her fingernails. Right. So this Mm -hmm. is important because." Years ago, back in 1957, when we we did that case, they weren't scraping the fingernails necessarily. So they come in, the crime scene investigators, they have uh, some tools and they scrape under uh, her fingernails. And they they actually, the district attorney will actually later on allow her for for helping because she must have fought. So there was a lot of DNA under her fingernails. So that... That tells the police right off the bat and tells me that she was fighting and she was scratching and, and scratching. So that's also good because right. if, if you find somebody immediately, maybe they checked into the hospital or in the area and they have scratches, that that always helps. But yes, so she was scratching and, and fighting.
1: So reading about that was a little bit like surreal for me because you've always, you know, as long as I can remember, have told me if I've ever been in a situation where I've been kidnapped or something to scratch. Scratch. In order to leave DNA, so I, whenever I read stories about women who were able to, you know, fight and scratch and get DNA under,
0: yeah, that's what stinks about growing up the kid of a special agent. Yeah, and
1: (laughs) that you told me that a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) I was young.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you always want to fight.
1: Right. I mean, obviously, but you made a point. I remember specifically you made a point to say. Scratch. Make sure you, yeah, because if something happens, we want to be able to get DNA.
0: Scratch and make observations, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Which is why, as I said before, I'm so observant yeah, now. <laughs> right.
0: Talk out loud, you know, yeah. t- uh, tattoo on uh, on the forearm, you, you know. Yeah. Th- that kind of thing. So they're they're collecting DNA and they get DNA. And they get a huge profile from her underneath her fingernails.
1: Right, so this all happens on August 7th, right? This is when the murder happens, when they go out there. And then from there, it's kind of...
0: Right, but... That, all the evidence collection happened on that day, but right. obviously, they, they, not like TV, the DNA <laughs> didn't come back in a couple of days.
1: Right, and it's it's actually going to go a little cold for a few months. A few months. Right, and then in November of 2016 is when they uh, request info. I guess there had been some witnesses that had seen a dark SUV. Right. So so they're going to put that out to the public. and
0: Yeah, let's unpack this. So what's going on now? Um, obviously, they, they have to go tell the parents and so she's half a mile from her parents house and you can look up the uh, the the street Brook Station Road in Princeton Massachusetts you can look it up and go on go on to sort of um, Google Earth you know I'm familiar with this type of neighborhood Mm -hmm. it's the the parts of Massachusetts that are sort of rural and old town small town like that it's Nice paved roads, winding roads, n- nothing that's like dirt road or not um, lived on. And they have very big houses. But the houses, you have neighbors, but you're just not on top of each other. You have some acreage. Right. And then the driveways go all the way back. So driveways are probably maybe a quarter mile, less than a quarter. But not typical to pull in like the city, you know, your your driveway. So you could be sitting on your porch and maybe not see any any vehicles Mm -hmm. uh but that's and it's well traveled it's a back road but it's still well traveled because it goes right through princeton right so so she finds so they find her about half mile from her parents house she goes out to jog so immediately the police are thinking all right what's what's going on did she know somebody They probably knew somebody somebody was in the area you you know they, they have to start going through the list of things so
1: right And at this point, they also come up with a theory because uh, a week prior, there had been a couple other murders up in New York that had been very similar. They happened under under similar Mm -hmm. circumstances. So they were thinking that maybe it was a serial killer or something somehow connected. But in February 2017, um, someone was arrested Arrested by by DNA DNA, and those others. Yeah. So they realized that it wasn't him. They end up putting out a uh, 24-hour tip hotline and they receive over 1300
0: yes 1300 tips tips. Mm -hmm. and man you just you have to track them all down too what what are some of the first okay so let's what's going on right now is dna is being processed Mm -hmm. okay and this tip lines going out what's what's happening what's what's going on in the investigation somewhere between November and December I think
1: right. so witnesses are calling in saying they saw a vehicle follow Vanessa um, and then turn around and continue to follow her. That's one of the tips. Another person said that they saw Vanessa stop at a market on Hubbardson Hubbardston Road mm-hmm. for a drink and then walking while on her cell phone past yeah. 1 p.m.. Yeah. So we have quite a few sightings, and then another person comes forward and say says that they uh, saw a man, um, and they described him that was standing by his vehicle, and he drove past two different times. Right. So this it was is like the a key, twelve and two.
0: This is the key. So you get all these tips that come flowing in, and you got to pay attention because every once in a while you're going to get a, a tip that's solid. So he sees a dark SUV. I think he had described it as like a Ford Escape. So it. It was right around the location of where her body was found, and the there was a man, medium built, medium sized man, on a cell phone, with the with the trun- uh, the hood up. So he drove by at twelve forty five. I think twelve uh, fifteen. Yeah, he drove by. I have it here somewhere. Twelve forty five. He drove by at twelve forty five, and he sees that. But then he sir, he says, "Okay, I was going to stop." And, and see if he needed help but he had a cell phone so mm-hmm. i no no need to do that so then he drove back and he sees the same vehicle at, at o- like 2:05 p.m. and nobody's there so this is a pretty good lead a pretty good tip a a, a male medium built with a, with a dark suv and so okay so they they have that tip
1: okay so while they're going through all the tips they also um on February 23rd 2017 Worcester County District Attorney Joseph D. Early Jr. says that the DNA of Vanessa's killer had been sent to a lab and a profile was actually created. So based on this profile, um, they're able to say that the suspect is Hispanic or Latino male in his late 20s to 30s, average height, athletic build, and short or shaved hair. So kind Mm -hmm. of matching, you know, corroborating what that witness said. Yes. Tip said.
0: And this is, for our listeners, this is a different, another twist on DNA, right? Mm -hmm. Oh God, I love how we're just all these different <laughs> twists. So this is much like when, so your mother and I, we sent our our, pro, our spit mm. <laughs> our profile into to was it twenty
1: three me? You no, no, you good did Lord. The ancestry ancestry dot com, yeah.
0: and it comes back and it says it says you're like for me it says I'm sixty percent Scottish and forty percent Irish and from this part of the region, right? So yeah. So this is the type of profile. That comes back; they're able mm-hmm. to say it's a Hispanic Hispanic male. So now you take that with the dark SUV, which was a good lead, and you have somewhat of a of a description to to send out.
1: Is that so? Do you think they like quite literally did it? Like it was like the same thing? Because that I feel like how how I don't know. That seems weird to me that they can definitively say that the suspect is Hispanic or Latino just based off of that. Because you and mom your results came back very different than what we've always been told correct so like
0: (laughs) that is we've always been under the assumption you're throwing a wrench in i'm just saying (laughs) that's confusing. that's that's correct the way you
1: just explained it i hadn't thought of it like that
0: but but the hispanic um dna is probably a little bit more solid Uh, like the part of the world that my ancestors come from there's it's it's a lot of mixture of scottish well i'm talking about Irish, mom right
1: there was like no mexican in her in her thing it was mostly like native american, native american, and american Spaniard. Though,
0: but that's that's still that lineage but but she mm. didn't come back scandinavian from from, from europe right so yeah, right so I- yes it's problematic but they got nothing to go on so okay. they got so i'm just i'm <laughs> So you want you want to pick it apart, right? <laughs> that's what I'm here so,
1: for. I'm here to ask you the hard questions. Yes,
0: that that's for that's for the um. We're gonna probably get it's to for that. For the jury. Yes, that's <laughs> for the that's for the defense attorney and for the yeah. jury. But we're probably we're probably gonna get there. I can probably answer that question later on. But yes. They believe that it was a Hispanic male based on the DNA, a- and I mean it's solid. They had so much DNA from her finger, uh, her fingernail, right, right. And then this description was was really solid. So they say, "Hey, police departments, um, here's here's a description of of what we're looking for, of the person we're looking for, a suspect in the murder of Vanessa Marquette. So that's that's what's going on,
1: right now. A Massachusetts state police trooper is on patrol. When just is this driving. When is this? There's no specific date. So
0: I think in, in a few months later. So it does go cold for a little bit, right? And they have this profile. Right. Okay, hold on. Let's He's arrested. I can tell you we Yeah, I think it was like April. Article. Wasn't it April? It was somewhere around April. April. He's arrested
1: on April 14th. So S- it was so a like yeah. like
0: a week or so. So the beginning yeah, of April, a- a- we'll say. April of 17th. So from like November to de- December, you know, it, it goes cold. But here's what they did in the meantime. We're gonna talk about. They called the profiler. Remember, they called uh, right. the FBI profiler.
1: Briefly, yeah. They uh, the FBI profilers make another appearance.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is interesting because you know I've been reading a bunch of books uh, by John Douglas, all his books, and mm-hmm. he was the sort the of forefather of not the behavioral science unit, but the serial killer profile. Right. I mean, his he, he was the first one that that coined the term serial killer. Actually, it's the my favorite netflix um <laughs> mindhunter is is based off of it loosely based off of it so
1: or criminal mind oh uh, yeah
0: criminal mind right right I same like that thing. one <laughs> so they the this profiler is retired and she works over at, at at um George Mason University which is actually just down the street from me here and you know they say hey what w- what say you and she's cuz they don't have any leads at this point right and she's coming up with you know what what type of person um this might be and it's funny I felt pretty cool because I was already formulating in my head and some of the things she came up I said oh good I'm paying attention (laughs) to to Douglas because you're good at your job so she says there's probably no personal relationship because the Mm. the brutalness of the attack so so because the autopsy showed that she was brutally attacked and murdered Uh, again you mentioned nose broken and a crushing injury to the throat Mm. I mean that's a that's a punch in the face, that's a jab in you know, in the neck, probably right. with some sort of object. That's if you have to do that to somebody, you you're you're sneaking up on them. Mm-hmm. Right. So immediately I was thinking, Well, this is a predator. This is some sort of predator that's looking out on the prowl looking for someone. Well, she's she said that actually, the profile said that. Mm-hmm. Um and this is probably uh, the person probably knows the area as well. I think the I don't mm-hmm. think you need to be profiled to get to that conclusion. Once you see the autopsy and, you know, the crushing blow to the neck and the nose, w- this person probably knows the area because it, she was jogging in, it, like out in the park and, you know, some trails and, and things like that. So
1: for them to know that mm-hmm. they could do as much as that, like I said, like things were burnt. She was badly right injured. She was probably screaming if she was fighting. But, and, so I mean, he had to be pretty confident in yeah. the area that he was in.
0: So and he probably and we're saying he because um it usually is and mm-hmm. we have a male a description of a male right. so so he probably pr- attempted to burn the feet and the hands and the face after she was dead like you that's not so happening get rid of evidence. yeah that's not that's not happening so we're, this is a psychopath for sure mm-hmm. so the fbi profiler come up with all these things this is the type of person you you're, you're looking for um and typically when the profiler gives a uh, an opinion they ha they might have five or six suspects um that they're looking at, and then they can narrow down, but they didn't have anybody and by the way, when the DNA came back, they ran it in the system, CODIS and then the local system nothing right nothing <laughs> and as a reminder to our listeners, that's only for known bad guys uh, mm-hmm. already so
1: super frustrating right,
0: so okay, so that's that, and that doesn't really go anywhere. Um, oh, it's funny too. John Douglas also in his books also talks about how these killers usually drive in a dark vehicle <laughs> like dark Navy vehicle and he, he and it's a dark, um, dark SUV they have. So it's, it's, it's incredible. You, you gotta maybe we'll yeah. post that on our Instagram, some of the books or, or something for, for our listeners so they know what we're talking about. But okay, okay. so now we got this description of the vehicle and we have a DNA profile. And all the police in the area have it.
1: Right. So a Massachusetts state police trooper is on patrol. And he had actually seen a vehicle and uh, the person driving this vehicle matching the descriptions of the dark SUV. He was, you know, like in the middle of traffic. He had nothing to write on. He took out a pen and wrote the license plate on his hand. Fast thinking, quick thinking, really amazing job on his part.
0: What's amazing is, he Although said, Hey computers, don't they? Hey, what's amazing? Hey, that, that person matches the description. Can you imagine how many bolos they have yeah. with descriptions? So this thing resonated with the community, right? So that's that's mm-hmm. what I think was going on here. It, I'm telling you, you get these uh be on the lookout, yeah. And you walk out, go to lunch and move to the next thing and you, you don't remember, right?
1: Yeah, it amazes me all the time every time I hear yeah. about this. So this
0: guy is going, Oh my gosh, that's that's a suspect. That's a description for the Vanessa Marcotte case. Uh, okay. And he, oh, no, I don't have anything to write. Can you just, can you picture this? I don't have yeah. to write with. And he writes but it on his hand.
1: Practically writing it on his hand. That's a right. good, good and police
0: And because he's the police, he can um, it, the li- he can track the license plate down now.
1: Right. So that's what he does. And him and one other person. How
0: exciting. I'm getting excited now.
1: I know. It's pretty cool how they did this. Him and another officer end up going to uh, this man's home So, he tracks this house down, and the man's name is Angelo Colin Ortiz. Colin Ortiz, Colin Ortiz. Ortiz. Um, So, the police officer goes to the house with another police officer, um, and his wife actually answers the door. And she tells them he's not home, they should come back, but to bring a Spanish-speaking officer because he doesn't speak English Mm -hmm. very well at all. So, that's what they're going to do.
0: And they go back... I don't, did it. Say how many days later they went back. Probably pretty. I think it was like the next the day next when day, I was yeah.
1: reading it. Um, I just have the dates that he was arrested and, it's and
0: two state trooper, this state trooper, another state trooper, and a Spanish translator, Spanish speaking police officer, police is what officer I read. as well. And they go back. And w- what's their what's their goal? What do you think their goal is right here?
1: So they they just want to get a DNA sample. Yeah, they want to talk to him, get a DNA sample.
0: So here's how, let's go back to what, what you said. Ah, you know, maybe Hispanic. Maybe, by the way, mm-hmm. Colin Ortiz. So. Oh, um,
1: what they tell him, too, is they tell him, like, hey, we're looking for Hispanic male. We're just looking to uh, rule out it, everyone.
0: You know, you know right where I was going. That's right. I, so I, I'm trying to. Put our listeners in the mind of the police, right? Mm-hmm. So back to what you said about, hey, this is kind of a loose. or You didn't say it, but you were suggesting this is kind of a loose lead, loose tip, right? right. So you go with it and you say, if you didn't do anything wrong, you're gonna you're gonna open your mouth wide and say, go ahead, swab, right? Take right. take the DNA, right? So so that's what you do. That's how you approach it. Listen, we we want to eliminate you. You have you fit the description, and your vehicle fits the description, and you live in the area help us so this is how this is gonna be approached and this is right. how you would you would approach this type of thing. You don't and you gotta be careful because this is emotional, it's in the community and you're amped up. That cop is probably like yeah, running oh, off of like your 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 blood is pumping. Right, you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna solve this. Mm-hmm. You gotta you know remove the confirmation bias and you say, let's eliminate you. So mm-hmm. Okay, so he goes back with another state trooper and uh, and a uh, uh, Spanish speaking
1: Right, so they're trying to communicate all of this, and at one point, his wife has to help translate. I wow. guess they're having. So what he's going to end up saying is that the Spanish-speaking officer was speaking a weird type of like, Spanish. It wasn't. Yeah. So and he was from he's from Puerto Rico. He's only been in Massachusetts for like a year and a half at this mm-hmm. point.
0: And what they're talking to him about exactly what we said. We need to eliminate you. We want to take your DNA, and would you be willing to give consent? Mm-hmm. Right, because they don't have probable cause. When you have probable cause, you can just take it. If you have probable cause, you go get a warrant, even for DNA. Y- even for, D- for DNA, I know, because I told you before, right? We, y- you walk around spitting your DNA mm-hmm. everywhere, right? do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? So they, ha- if probable cause is information that you have that suggests a crime has occurred, and then you get a warrant, and then you you just go and take it, right? They don't have that. Mm-hmm. They just have a lead, and someone meets the description. So as we mentioned, they want to rule them out. So they're asking for his consent to give DNA.
1: So they couldn't have just like followed him and then picked up something and then they could question him why wouldn't they? They could
0: have. There's two two different ways you Mm. you you could do that. Remember, in one of our other episodes, they did the genealogy Mm. and they were pretty certain they had the bad guy. This is just a lead, just just a tip, just a lead. Mm -hmm. So. Let's, you know, how many man hours? I mean, maybe they suggested that, but can you imagine the, the, the boss? Right. You want to do how many man hours, and you're not really sure if this is the guy. You know, just go knock on his door, get consent, and, and, and go from there. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, that, that's that's possible how it went. Remember we talked about that. You know, a a lot of sometimes these things, these operational activities, are based on. Manpower and money and things like that. So, but that's a good, a good, a good point. Good question. Uh, Okay, so they're gonna they're asking him for consent. So, whatever takes five minutes takes ten minutes through translation. Right. Whatever takes thirty minutes takes an hour through translation. I've done this before. This is it's yeah. Really? Well, I've done translation through translation before. Yeah. yeah.
1: Especially because his wife had to step in, so they were already having trouble as it is.
0: So wait, so his wife clarified. For him, you think?
1: <laughs> well, that's what it said, okay. that she helped translate, so...
0: And they had a form.
1: Right, they have to get him to sign this form that is basically signing consent to take the DNA swab. He signed it.
0: You know, the rules... This, uh, this. Oh, he's just driving me crazy. The rules for consent... Will you give consent, yes or no? Nowhere does it typically say that you have to have it written. However... All police departments, all prosecutors, all jurisdictions have some sort of form.
1: I feel like that's kind of common sense, though, because you could easily go back and say, I didn't give consent right. and if you don't have it written down or signed that you did.
0: S- this is important. So police officers are found to be credible. When you walk into mm-hmm. the courtroom, you're, you're credible. So if you say you did that, it's up to the defense to impeach you and, and prove otherwise why you'd be lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, also the fact that all jurisdictions all police departments have some sort of consent form that in itself is precedence y- you know so it's hard to not have some sort of form right th- because you'd, you'd be setting yourself up then to oh well, geez if if 500 police departments in the state have consent forms and you don't have a consent form what you know why didn't you do that so so they, they're telling them, they think they're making it through, and then they have them sign. The, the form probably says, you know, uh, of your own free will, you're, you're given consent for us to take a, a buckle swab of your cheek uh, to search your DNA to compare it to the DNA in a, in a crime that had occurred on, the, on this date.
1: Right. Do they also, uh, when you give your DNA like that to compare it, do they put your DNA in the system or no? Are they allowed to do that?
0: No, so so there, it's going into the file, into the case file,
1: right? But it won't go into any sort of system. No, or anything. not until
0: when you get arrested. That's a different story. Oh, okay. And when you get arrested and get booked at the jail, that's a different story. Then it goes in the system. So okay, so there, knowingly and voluntarily is the standard. That's what they're uh, they're trying to get across. Okay, and he right. he what he signs? He it. gives it. Yeah,
1: he signs the paper. He lets them uh, take his DNA. And they run the DNA against what was left at the crime scene, and it comes back a match.
0: Oh, man. Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine that that state trooper? Uh, Like, he's telling everybody, you got to follow up on the leads. If you (laughs) see something, say something. You know, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's probably his motto now. So, April 14th, 2017, Angelo Colin Colin Ortiz, sorry, Colin Ortiz, 31 years old, of Worcester, Massachusetts, is arrested. And then the very next day, a press release is uh, held to announce that Vanessa's killer has been arrested.
0: But he was arrested on, on rape and aggravated assault charges.
1: Right, he wasn't arrested on murder charges at first. Right,
0: they're going to wait for the gr- and, and panel a grand jury to come up with that.
1: Right, can you explain why? I,
0: I, I can. So this is, and the prosecutor even said it. This is the best thing at this at this point. Because now they're gonna, they want to put together the pieces to be absolutely sure. And then when you impanel a grand jury, grand jury meets, and if they determine there's enough probable cause there to indict, well, that's sort of an independent look at it, and that that holds up a little bit better, I, I, I think. So uh, I, I'm not really sure. I, I think that's a, a possibility, uh, but they needed to get him off the streets if he, if he's right. the guy, right? And the other thing is they're gonna start doing they're going to continue with the investigation right so they're going to do more thorough investigation they're going to track his whereabouts they're going to go ping his cell phone right and i think we have that that evidence too right so they'll they'll show that his that the cell phone towers and his his cell phone records places them right on that road around the time
1: right so he actually he was working as like a third party driver uh, delivery person for FedEx and so when they do question him he says that he you know works for FedEx and that was one of the roads that he would take on his route mm-hmm. FedEx does come out and make a statement saying that he has never worked for them
0: mm-hmm. but he
1: does work for a third party so they can't really uh, you know vouch for him but they do say that you know on that day he was off that was supposed to be yeah. his off day according to records uh, so it kind of seems like I think that was probably the, you know, language barrier. He just you know, someone asked him where he worked, he just said FedEx.
0: Yeah, it's 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 easy, FedEx, right. Sure. Right. That's yeah. So
1: that was a known road though, uh, that he would yeah, it was known, to him. Ma- yeah, known so to him. Yeah, it's
0: main roads, known to him. So like
1: the FBI profiler yeah, said, yeah. if he was familiar with that road.
0: He drove the dark SUV Hispanic right. matches with the DNA his DNA matches. And and like I said, that's so they, they wanna put together a case. So that's why they probably went a little bit slower on the uh murder murder charges right okay that makes sense yes okay so they they yep and now they so uh, now add into the case file that they have cell phone they put they place him there so they're placing him there they have witnesses that describe him there they have his dna so so they pretty much secured the fact that he was there right right so okay so he's what else did they do
1: he's on a 10 million dollar bail
0: um
1: and then so this is in April, right? This is mid-April, June twenty third of two thousand seventeen is when he is indicted by the grand jury on murder, right. aggravated assault, and assault with intent to rape.
0: Some more evidence they had to present to the grand jury was they have him at a at a gas station, a little local oh, right, local right. Mart gas station, and we can post the mat for everybody to see. It's it's right on this off of the same the same road, and he bought five dollars worth of gas. So again, the police. They're stripping apart his life, you know, his credit cards, his debit cards, his cell phone. Do you see what I mean? So, so right. now, now they track him back. Wait a minute, he was uh, uh, around the same time. I don't have the time, but around the same time, he bought five dollars worth of gas. Oh, well, her hands so and feet, his her hands and feet and face were were burnt.
1: And don't forget the gas that was found on the hair tie and the socks. Oh, that's right,
0: right. So Mm -hmm. there was gasoline found on that, right? So, so now they're just putting it together and they present this all to the grand jury and they say, yeah, uh, that's probable cause that he did it. So um, we'll indict him. Okay.
1: Right. So that is June twenty third, June twenty or July twenty sixth. Sorry, July twenty sixth. So like a month later, in the Worcester Superior Court, he pleads not guilty um and then he's ordered to be held without bail by a judge. So you want to talk right. about why he pleads not guilty. This is an interesting Well,
0: I mean his lawyers told him to, uh, you should always Well, the right, I mean the right, grounds right, of right. the right. basis what why he's but pleading. He's, so there's guilty. some things going on, right? You'll talk about, you know, his lawyers, he's fired his lawyers and and this and that a couple times. But he's this is he's on a second motion to suppress the DNA collection. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Right. So what he says is that the language barrier was so <laughs> hard. It was so it was there. I didn't
0: know what I was right. signing. I had no idea. I thought I had to sign this and then they were going to leave me alone and I was going to go away. Well,
1: he said he thought if he didn't sign the paper or give the swab, he would be taken away. He said the Spanish-speaking officer that came to the house was speaking a different type of Spanish, so he could not fully understand him. And his wife had to translate, which, again, like you said... I I think it's
0: going to be hard. So that's what I said earlier. right? We'll we'll talk about that. Like His wife clarified for him. So I think that's going to be hard in, in court because... She said, "Hold on, let me let me clarify. So this Spanish-speaking cop is is translating it. his wife's. Oh, l- let me let me clarify. I'm pretty sure they said, okay, does he get it?'" And she says, "Yep, he gets it. You, you know, right? You know, because
1: like if you or his wife, you live with him every single day, right. you talk to him every single day, there should be no he had problem kids, in him too. By the way, had a whole they family. had kids. Yeah. yeah, there should be no problem you understanding him or her.
0: Uh, I I believe that he probably speaks English. Um, anyways." I mean Puerto Rico, they speak a lot of English there too. So
1: Also, um, Puerto Rico is uh, a territory. Mm-hmm. So we have they have a lot of the same laws, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it's part of the United States, right, right. Right. Yeah, there was some confusion. So oh, is he is he naturalized? Oh come on, he it's he's Puerto a, Rico, yeah. yeah he's so. a citizen.
1: But but my point is is that the laws are the same yeah, yep, because yep. it's a part of America. Yep, so yep. he really should understand either way. He's thirty one years old. Yeah. He so should know the So here's
0: why... So hi, th- that day that they came and they g- took his... They g- got consent to get a, mm. a, a swab of his cheek. That directly puts him under the fingernails of Vanessa Marcotte, right? It, that That puts him in a situation where he was fighting with her and struggling and she was scratching him, right? So the reason he's saying... I didn't know what I was doing is because if you can throw out that consent, then that's nothing the else. Not that's the whole case. Nothing else. Nothing else matters, and it's kind of the it's the fruit of the poisonous tree, right? I mean, they it, could still
1: it, present a circumstantial case without that, though, couldn't they? I've seen well, people be like no, I said before.
0: They wouldn't have zoned in on the gas. They wouldn't have zoned in on his cell phone records. They they probably wouldn't have. Wouldn't have gone that way so if it weren't throw for the out DNA, else right? That had right, come because after, it's wow. it's a fruit. Of, so if it was incorrectly collected, mm-hmm. if the, if the DNA was incorrectly collected outside of a warrant, then everything that comes after that is is null and void. Is null and void. That's, that's in the court it, 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 in a courtroom to, to be presented to the court. What? Wow. To be presented. So if if they are successful in getting that. Um, DNA collection suppressed. The prosecutor is probably gonna. They can't um, bring they're, up their phone records or they, anything. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and unless they come up with another way to do it, they'll probably drop the they'll probably drop the charges and and go back to the drawing board, and and um you know go from there. But th- that's why I, I think it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough because you know his girlfriend cl- his wife clarified for him. I think it's going to be awful awful difficult. You know. For um, them to throw it out now, right? There's also something inevitable discovery. You know, were there 20 Hispanic males that drove dark colored SUVs in that area, and they were going to go through all of them anyway? You know, that so they'll have they can put together something like that, and it's called inevitable mm. discovery. And if if that exists, they could they'll probably come back and argue that. But I I don't know that they're going to win this. This is the second time he's requesting that. I think
1: right he. He filed that motion and then he ended up uh, firing his attorneys. Mm-hmm. They didn't.
0: So that's the I believe that's the second time that I believe that's the second time that he that he's filed that motion. Right. Uh, so so that's where it stands right now. And and this had happened in covid. It got extended through covid. So then it got re-extended. So, you know, he, this is the second time because he's had more than one a- attorney and that's the bottom line if they can throw out that collection if they can say that the, the, the it, it was it was wrong it was coerced uh, it was improper i they didn't have the right spanish speaking I, I i think um everything is going to be difficult after that but i'm pretty sure you know i mean they have a spanish speaker uh, you know there are three witnesses i i think now what i couldn't find is is was the form in spanish too cuz sometimes they do that too Oh, especially they,
1: they, in 2017, y- everything y- yeah. is in English So, and so right now.
0: I, I don't, I don't know that, uh, but that's why. That's you, mm-hmm. that's for your main question there. That that's why. If you can, um, and it's you very rarely see this kind of thing. Once in a while, you see it happen, but it doesn't doesn't happen. You know, um, there's there's good faith rules. Like I said, there's inevitable discovery. What would have they gotten it uh, anyways. Maybe right. they have. Maybe they have. You know. Because there are parts of the investigation we don't, we can't have access to because it's still ongoing, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they have information that leads them, leads the police to him, anyways, mm-hmm. and that's that's an inevitable discovery too. They have something that says, "Well, w- look, these three other steps we we're going to do it, it was going to bring us to him, anyways." So, um, so I'm pretty sure they have their act together and they're g- not going to lose that that motion. Cool, so, awesome. Right. So,
1: yeah, as of right now, um, it is just pending trial. Um, because he filed both of those motions and then he did fire his attorneys and request new ones. So, uh, we're just pending a trial right now. Like you said, right. because of COVID kind of pushed everything back.
0: So we'll, we'll wait, we'll follow this one. Uh, yes. Cause you, your uncle's going to want to. <laughs> have a follow up too, so yeah. um, we'll follow this one, and we'll we'll I'm sure everyone will want to, and hear we'll it. give an update. I mean, we may not do a podcast for an update, but we'll put an update on the on the Instagram or something.
1: Yeah, we will definitely give you guys an update in some way.
0: What's some good news about this uh, case? Let's stop talking about the bad guy and talk about uh, Vanessa.
1: Yeah, so we wanted to highlight uh, something that her family and friends have done for her. They actually did this in September, December of 2016, so a couple months after her her murder, before they had the suspect, they set up a uh, foundation in her name. It partners with organizations that provide educational programs and mentorship opportunities to promote female empowerment and gender equality. They provide things like self-defense for women. Um, they put on events and fundraisers. They provide self-defense tools for women. Mm-hmm. So any type...
0: I, I actually like... like- they actually have a, a, a program in there, too, for young men, young boys that are already starting mm-hmm. to maybe show signs of abusive behavior towards women to, to help them, to get them in workshops and help them. Pre- that's pretty interesting, right. too.
1: It's a pretty cool fa- foundation. Yeah. They do a ton of stuff. Um, you can make a donation or you can even get involved with volunteering at vtmf.org. So cool. It's Yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right. So...
0: All right, more fall. That is
1: it. Yep. That is it for this week. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us uh, for our first current ish one, yes. <laughs> something that's not from the 50s, 60s, or 70s. If you are enjoying uh, following and listening along to all of these cases and hearing our discussions, you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We post behind the scenes and updates. And We would love to hear your feedback on Apple Podcasts. If you can go rate and review us there. We read all of the comments. We love hearing from you guys. Um, And that's just going to help us get out there to more people. And I think that's it, right? All right. Until next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week.